Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome, everybody. You can take a seat this morning. Good morning. I know it's like five minutes till noon, but good morning, good afternoon. I hope that you are doing well. We are glad for you to have you here today. If you are joining us here in person, if you're watching online, welcome to Emmanuel Church. We're glad to have you here with us online as well. You are much as part of our family here as those that are here in person. Um, today is... Uh, if you do know, uh, if you're if you're caught up on your calendar and you know what's going on in the world, it's July the 4th, and we celebrate Independence Day here in the United States. And two things came to mind this morning, and if you're here, you can take a seat if you'd like. Uh, but two things came to mind this morning is, is, that I wanted to do specifically for that, because I'm not big on... Uh, grand displays of celebration for July the 4th or anything like that. I know that some people are, but that's not me. Um, I know that as a kid growing up, fireworks were the thing. And as I got older, I just kind of got over them too. (laughs) Especially now that I have pets and my dog absolutely despises fireworks. And we kind of have to shelter her for through the night, through multiple nights. You know, growing up in a uh, Latino family, fireworks are done like all weekend and for as long as you have extras. <laughs> it could be, it, it could still be going on in the middle of next month for all I know, as long as you have them. But two things came to mind most importantly it was that one, I wanted to be able to say a prayer for our nation because we know that the United States is going through some difficult times as well as the rest of the world as well. And as Christians, one thing that we should be responsible in doing is praying for our nation and praying for people and praying for a way for us as believers, as followers of Jesus, to be lights in the world that we live in. And two, that there are some places in the world where Faith uh, can get you killed. Faith in God, faith in Jesus can get you killed. And those, the thought that came to my mind today is I also want to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that live in nations where they are meeting in secret yet still proclaiming the gospel. And I know we're, we're not the only free country in the world that has the opportunity to preach and be and meet together. We're not the only free nation. I know sometimes we like to think we are, but we're not. But there are many brothers and sisters across the world that still live in places where it is dangerous to be a follower of Jesus. And I, 
as before we get into the word today, that's what I want to do. So if you would stand with me, I want us to pray for our nation and I want us to pray for our brothers and sisters that are persecuted in the world because we are one body. And even if we are here today able to meet together in person, there are churches and places that can only meet underground and in hiding. And we are still one body. And so we support each other through that. And so I want us to pray today. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes, or just a moment of reverence as we come before God in prayer today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you for, uh, we are grateful for, for being able to be here today. We, we thank you for the chance to worship. But our nation right now is also hurting and divided. And we know that the only way things can change is through your power and through your love. So we hope and pray that as the church here in America, that we would be beacons of hope, of light, of truth, and of love. That we would stand for the ideals of your word, the stand for the ideals above all else of your love. That we would, people would see the church and not see something full of hate, but see something full of love. So that we would have an opportunity to let them know how much they are loved by Jesus. So we pray that we might be agents not of division, God, but of unity and of love and of hope. That we might be a people that stands for your kingdom and your name. And Lord, we also pray for those, our brothers and sisters around the world today, that may not be able to meet in public like we are. May not, that, that might live in fear for their lives simply because they have decided to follow you, Jesus. So today we pray for them, our persecuted brothers and sisters who give their lives, who put everything on the line to follow you, to know you, to preach the gospel. And we pray that you would be with them, guide them, lead them, protect them, and continue to help them spread the good news of Jesus where they are at. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for all of this and for what you will do through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. I hope I don't step too, on too many toes this morning. <laughs> because a, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I don't even know. Time isn't as weird for me sometimes. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It could have been a week ago. I was at uh, our, our church as part of the Assemblies of God, and I was at a district council. And we have these series of meetings and things, and we were at one of our particular services, and I was praying. And into my head and into my heart, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me something that I should preach on July the 4th. And I was like, when I, when I felt what I needed to talk about, I was like, someone might get mad, Jesus. <laughs> but if this is what you want me to do, then I, I want to do that. And the title of my message today is Jesus Above All. 
Jesus above all. Because today we get into the habit of celebrating. We get into the habit of uh, being excited, some of us, for July the 4th. Like I said, that's not me. <laughs> but if that's you, I, go ahead. There is a right way and a wrong way to love your nation. There are things that we should do. And my heart told me today that the, the, the Spirit of God, I felt, was leading me today to preach this title, this message titled, Jesus Above All. Because sometimes we get things wrong. Sometimes we can end up equating our faith with our nation. Our faith our, our, our faith in Jesus, the, the desire to follow Jesus with the same thing as being an American. And it quite simply is not that. It is not the same thing. And it reminds me of a situation, although it's, it's a little weird, but bear with me this story because it will make sense, hopefully, to you. When I was in high school, I was in marching band. I was a big nerd, still am. And I was in marching band. And so I, I liked marching band. But my first year of marching band in ninth grade, I had a band director by the name, uh, our head band director was by the name of Mr. Boninsania. Uh, I know it's an interesting name. He was an Italian man. He was a very angry man, uh, always yelling at us all of the time for every little thing. And it was my first year in marching band. So one of the things that they do is they have like a, a fish camp, they call it, for the freshmen. And you go and they teach you the basics of what it is to be in marching band. How you're supposed to march, what you're supposed to do, what it looks like to do this. Because it's a whole different brand new thing and so you're learning. And so I learned the basics. I learned how to do marching band. But then the next year they replaced our head band director um, at, to, to a new one. Mr. Goforth, and he loved puns. He loved puns on his name. He would, when he introduced himself to us, let us go forth and make music. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be that kind of year. But when he came in, he stepped in, and as a new director, he had ideas, new ideas and new things of how to do things. Now, so for me, who was this, this was just my second year in marching band, it was easy to kind of relearn everything because he taught us new ways of, to march. He taught us new uh, 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 protocols, new ideas, new things that we needed to do in order to be good. Because we never got a Division One, which is the highest division you want to get in my first year. We never got Division One. It was always three or four. And when he stepped in, he wanted us to do all of that. And for me, it was easy because I'm, like, I'm still brand new at this. But for all of those who had been there for years, especially our seniors that year, they were furious. They were upset because they were like, how can I learn how to do something new? This is not the way to do it. For them, marching and marching band was the way that they had been taught the previous three years. They refused, many of them tried to refuse to learn the new way of doing things because to them, marching was what they had learned before and anything else was just wrong. Ironically, though, the new ways we learned ended up giving, getting us that first year, a Division II in our first competition, and a Division I by the end of the year. And we were drastically different. We drastically changed. But sometimes 
what happens, what happened in that situation is sometimes we equate the way we know things or the way we should, we feel things should be with the right thing always. But that's not how it goes. Life changes. We learn, we grow, we change, and we develop, and we become different. And so we should learn how to do better things. And so for me, this story, it's a little weird, but to me, I thought about this story when I was talking about this because this idea that being an American is being a Christian is 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 not the same thing following jesus and supporting america is not the same thing being a follower of jesus and being a a republican or being a democrat or or being uh, so enamored with our nation is not the same thing and i know that that can get some people riled up Because that's what they've equated it. They said that this is the same. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how it needs to be. But that is troubling. It is troubling. Lifeway did a, um, Lifeway, if you don't know what Lifeway is, they're, they're like a book company, but also they do research and things into the church and they do studies and surveys and all these kind of things to do, uh, to give us a picture of what is happening in the church today. And so they did a survey uh, of a random group of pastors uh, among Protestant pastors and they did, they asked this question, do you agree, disagree, or you're not sure? And the question was, do you think that your church loves America more than it loves God? And you would think that the right answer would be, you know, oh, you know, my church doesn't love America more than my love God. We should love God more, right? We love God over everything. But 53% of pastors said that their church loved America more than they loved God, and it concerned them. It concerned them. And it should concern us if our church has become a vessel for patriotism, for vessel for anything else other than Jesus. You see, because the church is not meant to be a vessel for America. It's not meant to be a vessel for republicanism or Democrats. It's not meant to be a vessel for consumerism, for, uh, for money, for, for all of these things that sometimes we make church about. It's supposed to be about Jesus. Who we are is supposed to be followers of Jesus. So it concerned, when I read that statistic, I was like, half of the Protestant pastors, more than half of them, said that their church loved America more than they loved Jesus. That concerned me. Because some people might say, well, I don't see that. But... But we do. But we do. Like that, and there is a right and a wrong way to do these kind of things. And there is there is balance. There is key. There's things that we should, we can do. We can love our nation. We can. We can love the place that we live in. That's okay. Texas probably has more state pride than any other state in the nation. We have flags everywhere. Everything is that we we are the only state. That has its own pledge of allegiance that people we make people do it in schools too. I don't even know if most states have that. Like we love our state. People, Texans love Texas. They just do. 
And it's okay to love where you come from. Houstonians love Houston sometimes. Don't love the traffic, but we love, we love Houston sometimes. We love, we, it's okay to love where you come from. There is a right way and a wrong way to do this. And it's okay to pray for our nation. It's okay to celebrate uh, people in the armed forces and honor them for the sacrifices. That It's okay to do these things. But today, you know, I saw some churches where they had the flag, the cross of Jesus. The cross, which represents the sacrifice of Jesus, draped in the colors of the American flag. And to me, I don't know, it hurt me a little bit because I was like, that's not Jesus. Jesus died for America, sure. But he also died for Mexico and Europe and Africa and Asia and everywhere and everyone. And so we must be careful we, because we cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve two masters. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus was talking about money in particular. But this, this thing that he said in verse 24, this thing that he said in verse 24, I, I believe applies to a lot of different areas of our lives. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one or you will love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But this is true of not just money. It's, it's true about how we feel about our nation. It's true about your sports team. It's true about people in your lives. It's true about work. It's true about so much. You could put anything in that space where Jesus said money and it would be true of. He says, you cannot serve both God and your family. You cannot serve both God and your job. You cannot serve both God and America. You cannot serve both God and anything else. Because that's the trouble. That's the, the idea is that, that we can have God and. God and. God in this, God in that. And we try to build up our faith and we try to make the church as much look like us as possible. We try to make Jesus look like us as much as possible. But Jesus is so different. He says you can't serve two masters because you love one and hate the other. And while it may not seem like that because we can say, well, you know, I love my country, but I love Jesus too. I love my family, but I love Jesus too. But there's a, there, there is a, a difference. There's a line that can end up being crossed where you end up putting to the side your faith in God for something else. Because if it doesn't look like you... If it doesn't match what you think, then it's not of God. But yet God often is contradicting us. Not contradicting, what's the word? He, he has ideals that are opposite of what we have. We say, God, we can serve capitalism. We can be capitalists and we can serve Jesus. And Jesus said, give all your money away. Give it to the poor follow me and that is complete opposite of capitalism and you know capitalism can be good can be bad everything can be good or bad and that's a lot of things but but jesus turns our world upside down and he said you cannot serve two masters because evidently eventually you will love one more than you love the other 
And those ideals, those morals, those, those values will end up superseding others. We have to do this. We have to follow the American dream, the American way, because we are American. But the American dream is often opposite of what Jesus would have us do. The American dream is about stepping on top of people and pursuing everything that you want for the betterment of self. And Jesus says, if you want to be great, you must become the least. If you want to be great, you don't step on people, you lift them up. So our ideals can clash. And so he says, you can't serve two masters. You can't. You might think you are, and you might think you can, you might think you have a balance, but you cannot serve two masters because you will end up loving one and hating the other. You will end up loving one and hating the other. What we need to remember is that our allegiance, above all else, is supposed to be to Jesus. See, Jesus comes... He came into this world to show us a different way of living. He preached the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so this is something that is completely different. It's not about being American. It's not about being Mexican or French or European or China, Chinese or Japanese or whatever nation we hold allegiance to. It's not about those things. Our, our, our allegiance should ultimately be to the kingdom of God. Because God, God's a jealous God. Did y'all know that? Have you ever been jealous in your life? <laughs> you ever been jealous of something or someone? Ever think of the moment where it's like so you hear someone call your best friend their best friend? It's like, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me, who are you? Who are you? God is jealous, the Bible tells us. In Exodus chapter 20, we find the Ten Commandments. This is, this is a very famous passage. You know, most of us will, might know the Ten Commandments. If you don't know the Ten Commandments, you'll you find them there in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, they're also in a couple of other places. But in Exodus chapter 20, I want to pay attention to the first four commandments that God gives us. These first four commandments from verses 1 uh, to 11... Tell us in verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. So he identifies himself. He says, this is who I am. Verse 3, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an image of the form of anything in heaven or on earth above the wa- or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Verse 7, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold anyone guiltless who misuses their name. And verse 8 to 11 talks about the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, dedicated to God. And these first four verses, these, these first 11 verses of chapter 20, 
paint us a picture of how God wants us to be devoted to him. He says, me and only me. No idols, no other gods, no other images, no other things, because I am jealous. I'm jealous. But he's jealous for good reason. Because he knows that if you will follow him and only him, he knows the best way for life. The best He knows what's best for you. He sees more than we see. He knows more than we know. He can do more than we can do. And he says, if you follow me, then you'll know that there is more for you. There is better for you. He's a jealous God. And he asks us, would you put me above all else? And that's not easy because we live a life and we live in a world that's constantly competing for our attention everywhere we look and everywhere we go. Everyone wants something from us. They want us to buy something. They want us to sign up for a loyalty card. Don't you get annoyed when you're going to buy something and you're at a store and you're just like, I am just trying to get in and out. Do you have a rewards membership? No. Do you want to sign up for our rewards membership? No. If you sign up today, you'll get 15%. No. I just want my stuff. I just want my stuff. And we, we, want, we want to add all of these things to God. And everybody is trying to compete for our attention. And sometimes we allow this other stuff to get in. We allow it to get into our lives. We allow it to creep in little by little. And we allow it to become idols in our lives. And America becomes an idol. And money becomes an idol and family becomes an idol work becomes an idol and we put these things and we say we have god but these are also our gods we don't call them gods but they take our time they take our money they take our allegiance they take our effort they take our love and so they set themselves up as gods in our lives And God says, no, but I am jealous. I want you more than they want you. I have given more than they will ever give you. I have loved more than they will ever love you because I sent, I, I sent my son. And so sometimes we forget about that. Not, not, not that we forget about Jesus because we talk about him every week. We hopefully we don't forget about him. Although we have short-term memories, everybody does. I, I, I forget things all the time. I'll be talking to people and I'm like, what, was, what did I say? What, what was the last thing I messaged? What was the last thing I sent? Because I have no clue. And people are like that. And we forget. We don't forget about Jesus. But we forget something about him. We forget that he's just not the son of God, but that he is God. And so when God says, I have loved you and I have sent myself, he says, I have given all of who I am, everything that I am. I gave it up so that I could be with you, so that I could walk with you. I could talk with you. I could set you free, not just from sin, but from the ways of this world, from the things that this world wants to trap you down with, that trap you to give your allegiance to, take all from you. 
all the burdens it wants to put on top of us. And yet Jesus says, if you will come to me, I will take your burden. Take mine. It's easy. It's light. And guess what? Not only is it easy and it's light, I'm carrying it with you. I'm walking with you. I'm living with you. I'm covering everything that you can't cover. Every, every area where you can't handle it, I'm there. Every moment that you feel like you're not enough, I'm enough. Every moment that you feel like you can't be or you can't take it anymore, I can take it. That is who God is. And that's why he is asking us, would you follow me above all else? Jesus sometimes was not a good marketer. As a church, as Christians, sometimes we try to be a good marketer for the church. I come to our church. It's part of this idea of consumerism and things in our lives where everything needs to be sold to us. Jesus was not a very good marketer. At times, Jesus even turned people away from him. He called people to follow him and said, hey, come follow me. And they're like, yes, I will follow you. But first, let me go back and bury my mother and father. And he responded, let the dead bury their dead. You come follow me. Well, for, let, me tell, let me just tell my parents goodbye. No. <laughs> follow me. Jesus wasn't a very good marketer. Sometimes He said a weird thing one time. He says, if you, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood... Then you have part in me. And if you don't, you don't. And then you will have no part in me. And people are like, this man is a cannibal. We need to leave. <laughs> and they left. He was left with only the 12. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because he was left with only the 12. And he turns to them and he says, so you're going to leave too? <laughs> Jesus was not a very good marketer. <laughs> Who's trying to test them. See, are you going to leave too? Because it's not about marketing. It's not about following all of that things. It's not about putting this stuff in our lives. Because that's what the world will tell us. The world we live in, the culture we live in will tell us we need stuff. We need things. We need to identify with work, our, our nation, or our, li- our lives need to be identified with this. And only then will we find satisfaction. But Jesus says, if you follow me, you will find satisfaction. Because you will know that you are loved. You will know that it doesn't matter about everything else. That I am better. I know I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so when you don't know where to go, you have me. That you have me. The problem is, is when we put ourselves, when we align ourselves with political parties, when we align ourselves with nations, when we align ourselves with our money, when we align ourselves with our own values, the values of our own choosing, we set up idols and we compromise who God is. We become a church of something else rather than of Jesus. And we break the third commandment that says, do not take my name in vain. Because 
Saying God's name in vain is not just about cursing and using his name. Because that, that's what we think it is. But taking God's name in vain is calling ourselves a Christian and then living a life that is completely opposite of Christ. Saying, I am a Christian, but having no love in your heart. I am a Christian, but I don't even look like Jesus, act like Jesus, live like Jesus. So Jesus says, do not compromise. Instead, take down the idols because I have something better to offer you. I have life. I have hope. I have love. I have grace. And when everything else wants to put a burden on you, I want to set you free. That is what, how, what a life that puts Jesus above all else looks like. A life that is free. It's not being American. It's not being part of the EU. It's not any of that. It is following Jesus. Because if the Son sets you free, John chapter 8, if the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Freedom. We like to talk about freedom in our nation. But only true freedom can be found in Jesus because Jesus comes and he says, I will take your sin. I will take your brokenness. I will take your lostness, your confusion. I will take all of the negative that the world will put on you. The words that they throw at you and say you're not enough, you're not loved, you're not, you're not big enough, you're not more enough, you need to do more, you need to be more, you need to say more. Jesus takes all of that on himself and offers us his life, his love, and his hope. So today, celebrate you want to celebrate but don't forget who Jesus is don't put it on the same level because it's not the same Jesus is above all we are his children we're not just Americans we're his children children of the kingdom of God and we represent Jesus. So he says, follow me. Love like me. And I'll help you. And I'll show you what you need to do. I want to pray today. Perhaps it's not patriotism or anything else. But maybe there's something in your life that you've let take over. You've let take place of Jesus in your life. And he wants you to know he, he's not angry or ready to throw lightning bolts or anything at you. But that he is standing, arms open wide, waiting to run to you, to hold you tight, so you can let it all go. Here I am for you. Father, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here today.
We thank you for who you are, Lord. You are the one who offers us freedom, truly. You are the one that gives us so much and loves like no other. And yet at times, we will replace you in our lives. We will put other things at the center and make it about something else, someone else. So in this moment, your church, as a church, we ask that you forgive us. Not not just us here, but the church in our nation. God, forgive us for making things about something else other than you. And that we might return to Jesus. To Jesus above all else. To be servants of the kingdom, citizens of the kingdom of God. And not just of something here on earth. Help us to let go. Let go of our idols. If we have made idols of our family, God, help us to let that go. If we have made idols of work, help us to let that go. If we have made idols of money, help us to let that go. If we have made idols of a dream, something that we think we should be, help us to let that go, God. If we've made relationships, our idols, our center, help us to let it go to come back to the cross where you have taken everything on yourself and given us a second chance at life at love we give it all to you God and in this moment as the worship team leads us in worship we lift you up Above all else, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.